0: clean you're used to. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful cohesive design that looks great on your counter. Fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. Genius! You'll never have to grab bulky cleaning supplies on your grocery run again. Refills start at just 225 Blue Land is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine, y'all. When I received my first shipment of Blue Land, I was blown away by how this simple concept just makes so much sense. It's so easy. You just drop the tablet into the stylish functional bottles and get your clean on. I love the subscription option because I am not trying to get one more bulky item in my cart. Blueland products really get the job done and leave my home smelling so fresh. Fresh and clean Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners right now get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash clink you won't want to miss this guys blueland.com slash clink for
1: 15% off hi and welcome to housewives of true crime welcome welcome i am tabitha Hello and welcome. Welcome. Housewives of True Crime, I'm Tabitha. I'm Gretchen. Oh, good. Still here. (laughs) Still here. You just got here. I just got here. And the first thing that we did was pour ourselves a drink. You hear it? Yeah. I needed a little up. She said, I need some food and a little upper. So I gave her a Tito's vodka and Coke Zero. It's delicious. You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Today, I'm on the mic and I'm talking about a case, Gretchen. It's a cold case. I don't like cold cases. I know you don't. You know how I feel about them. I know. They don't go anywhere. They don't go anywhere. But this one was real intriguing to me because it was about a mom that died and I think we know who the murderer is. Okay. But anyways, before that, our school started this week. woo Hallelujah! <laughs> Happy 2020 to us. Happy 2020. So that was nice. I had two things that I did this week that were pretty balls. Oh, what was that? One, uh, you know how I have this like peach fuzz on my face, and I've told Gretchen before, I take this little tiny razor and I take it off. Yeah. She's bought me these razors before. She thinks I have a hairy face. You do have a hairy face, but I, I never, I keep forgetting them here. Or something. I know. It's so great. I mean, you guys, if you haven't seen it, I have lost them. I've never tried. Look it up. My face. People do it all the time. It's, I do it, you know, whatever. I just like shave it off really quick. With these like little a man. Awesome. <laughs> it's not like a man though. Okay. It's not.
0: No, I get it. I'll it's post good.
1: it. It's good. I just haven't tried it. Okay. Well, I got a little tipsy the other night, had a couple glasses of wine, and decided I was going to razor my face, and I razored my eyebrow off. Yeah, you look real stupid. <laughs> so half of it. I and then I right really away. wanted to cry. It's so bad. It's so bad. I have to yeah. draw it in now. What a dummy. Yeah. So if you do use these little tiny don't razors- Don't drink and shave. Don't drink and shave. Okay. <laughs> <gasps> and then I also did the vein removal yeah it was a little painful oh, I knew it was gonna be I know it, it really kind of is like getting a lot of Botox on your legs ow and now I have these real cute stockings I took a picture in the doctor's office so I oh, could I'm post looking it. at them now oh yeah you see? hot yeah you look like you have prosthetic legs Yeah, I do. Actually, that's Mm -hmm. exactly what it looks like. Mm -hmm. I, when the lady was putting them on me, the nurse, I was like, Oh my God, these are so hot. My husband is going to love them Mm because they're like thigh highs. (laughs) She's looking at me like, I think she thought I was serious. I was like, I'm just kidding. Then she thought I was a real hoot. Oh yeah. Yeah. I want to give a shout out real quick to one of my friend's from Caden's school. Her name is Tony. She just texted me. I told her about our podcast this week, and she is loving it. Hmm. So that was nice to hear. Thanks, Shout Tony. out to her. Yeah, What's sure. up with you? Well, I'm just keeping
0: my head above water, Tab. Just trying to get things back in order post-Christmas vacation, get people back to school. Well, I got a new diet coming up. Oh, what is it? I am officially old AF. I'm going to do the Nutrisystem.
1: (laughs) We should have got Nutrisystem to to sponsor sponsor us. No, this is not even a sponsorship deal or whatever. I'm going to call them. I have an unhealthy relationship with food tab. I don't know if you know that. I do know that Gretchen. So I've tried about everything and I really need to
0: get it together. I really let it go. So, I'm the cliché new year's resolution. Oh new my meat, gosh. Okay, nutri- so, system,
1: <laughs> real quick. Maybe I, I'll get drunk and post my before pictures. You on the should, but group. Okay, on the private okay, group. I'm going to have to get real drunk though for that. Well, that might happen tonight. We're going to margaritas after <laughs> this. True. <laughs> this is real funny, real quick. I wanted to tell you. I follow Joe Rogan on social media and he's on a new diet also. What's he doing? Carnivore diet. You know what that is? You only eat meat. Okay. (sighs) And you should read it, this post that he did today. That sounds expensive. Yeah, right. Because he also eats like the meat that he catches. So, anyways, he's having a problem with keeping his uh, bowel movements inside of his body. Joe, I'm familiar with that problem. (laughs) I did the MCT oil when I got really into keto. It was a problem. Yeah. So his post actually reminded me of you, Gretchen, It's a real graphic. And I was like, do I really have to think about that right now? No, but thank you, Joe. My Sunday is, I don't get that. You need some vegetables. I don't know if you do. Not if you eat the right meat that has the right vegetable, like that eats grass and you want to what,
0: why wouldn't you want to eat some fruits and vegetables?
1: Well, I don't eat a lot of fruit, but I do. I know you
0: don't, and I I can't get with that.
1: Why well, berries? Sometimes
0: just I need like an apple.
1: Mm. Sue me. I haven't had an apple in over You're a year so and a half. You're so disciplined. I try to be. I mean, I had some chocolate-covered almonds today. Yeah, I know I had some alone when I walked in your house because I was... And they were good. I was starving. They were good, good. Okay, so cue music here for our episode Okay, for the week. This week, I am talking about a case that one of our listeners suggested. All right. Her name is Cassie. So thanks, Cassie. So when she recommended it, she said there was scandal and it was in Texas. And you love Texas. I love Texas. And guess what else I like? What? I love scandals. You do love scandals. I do. My friend's husband was on that show, Scandal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I really want to be clear real quick that this case took me down a real dark realization that Deep down, we know and care about the victims. And in a lot of these cases, the victims are actually the ones that are still living. And I think as I go through the case, you'll see what I'm talking about. So I'm going to do my best to be factual and sympathetic because the rabbit holes that I went down, it made my heart hurt. And so I think I'm going to carry this case with me for a while. A while. Yeah, that's why I can't do too many sad ones. I know. In a row. So, it's too heavy. And the, the, the fact that it's cold case, you know, it just is, it's one of those. Yeah. That's also why I don't like cold cases. I know it's sad. Okay. Go ahead. So lay it on me. I know this case is the case of Kathy page, which to this day is cold, but in my opinion, and probably most of America's opinion, it's not cold at all. It's just not closed. Kathy page lived in Vider, Texas since she was a baby And Bider, Texas is a small town with a population of 11,000 people. A decent looking home costs you just over $100,000, Gretchy. Let's move. It's a small town with a good old boy mentality, if you know what I mean. I know what you mean. So I don't know if you like that kind of town, but maybe. Mm -hmm. Kathy in 1991 was 34 years old. She had two daughters, Aaron, 11, and Monica, 6, and a soon-to-be ex-husband, Steve. Steve and Kathy were married since Kathy was only 21, and she popped out a couple of kids real quick in her early 20s. So by the time Kathy was in her 30s, it seemed like Steve's controlling and maybe abusive personality got to a breaking point with Kathy, and she was over it. She actually was so over it. She started having an affair. Yeah. I
0: feel like that happens a lot when they get married too young.
1: I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. But I also have a friend that has been with her husband since high school. Oh yeah.
0: You see that too. But often I feel like I see more times than not when they get married really young, then they hit their thirties and their kids are like in junior high. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, I missed my twenties. I need to get myself down to the
1: bar. That's right. Yeah, I think that happened. Yeah. So now real quick, I want to tell you that Kathy was a real looker, a real disco biscuit, if you will. Okay. She had that feathered Farrah Fawcett blonde hair. Love it. Thin, real cute. She waited tables, pretty social girl. Okay. Okay. So Kathy and Steve decided to separate after probably a lot of turmoil and Steve found his own apartment not far from Kathy around the first week of May in 1991. And although they were separated, Steve still did things with the family. For instance, on May 12th, that happened to be Mother's Day, according to the court documents I read, Kathy, Steve, and the girls went to the beach. Even the next day, Monday, May 13th, Steve came over to help Kathy get the girls ready for school. Then after school... Kathy and Steve both took the girls to their baseball games. Aaron's baseball game ended after Monica's, so Kathy took Monica home first, and then Steve was coming back with Aaron after her game ended at nine o'clock. Okay, just late, don't you think? It's So late, I hate sports, but baseball's like that. Even I am not into baseball at all. <laughs> no, it's it, it. I like it but it can get a little boring for sure. Listen, I just had a meeting with my kid's teacher this
0: week and I told her we're not doing sports this season. Mm -hmm. She was like,
1: I think that's the right decision. I think you need to focus. (laughs) They need to learn how to I got a little talking to this week. Yeah, you did. You did. So Kathy wanted to go out that night and it is not clear who or how she was going to have her kids watched. Some reports said she asked a couple friends to watch them, and after no one could, she asked Steve to come back over and watch her kids so she could go out with her friend Charlotte. From this point, what we do know is Kathy called Charlotte and asked her not to answer her phone until after midnight in case Steve was to call and check up on her. Charlotte testified that this was the only time that Kathy had ever asked her to cover up for her. And she knew that Kathy was going to meet her mystery lover. Now, Steve, according to Steve, he left the house after dropping Aaron off and then returned after Kathy called him to babysit. So he says he came back to the house at 1030, finding Kathy wrapped in a bath towel, which made him want to get it on with her. And so... Right there in the living room, they had sex. Okay. But she was just out with her mystery lover. Not yet. She was going out with her mystery lover later. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I just wanted to put a pin right there and you basically said it. Like, she's going out with her mystery lover. Do we believe that she's going to have sex with Steve before she goes and has sex with... Women don't work like that. I don't think so either. Okay, so we'll get back to that. What also doesn't really sound right to me, but you know, we like to be in bed early, especially on a Monday night, is that Kathy supposedly was going to hang out at Charlotte's house and then hashtag, right? I mean, not hashtag, but you see quotations. Yeah. Like she's calling Steve saying, Hey, I'm going to go hang out at Charlotte's house and I'm not leaving till after 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. That seems odd. Yeah, that's late. But That's what happened. She did leave after 11 o'clock at night. I think that this maybe was a red flag for Steve. And he maybe started questioning, was she really going to Charlotte's house? Right. Right. That's just my opinion. Yeah. So at 2.30 in the morning. Well, my husband would be like, if I was like, I'm going to go hang out with Tab or one of my OC friends. What would he say? I have two of them by the way. (laughs) (laughs) What would he say? Yeah. He would be like, uh, really? I don't think so. At 1130? Not like he would be telling me not to, but he would
0: be like that. Like, why would you go so late? You know? On a
1: Monday night. Yeah. On a Monday night. No, forget about it. I know. Oh. All right. So at 230 in the morning, Charlotte got a phone call and the person just hung up. What do you call those? A crank call? I don't know, but back in 1991, did people even have the caller ID? No. No. Well, I don't think so. Yeah. No. So Charlotte just thought it was Steve checking up, right? Yeah. So we know that Kathy met the mystery man in Beaumont, which is a neighboring town, and left his hotel room at approximately 2.30 in the morning. The next thing we definitively know is that Kathy was found dead in a ditch inside her car at 4.30 in the morning by a mail delivery person. The car also was only 100 yards from her house. Okay. So the mail guy calls the police. The police get there on the scene. And they initially thought that Kathy must have passed due to the wreck. But quickly, they noticed a few suspicious things. First, there were no skid marks or signs of Kathy braking. Kathy was also sitting upright inside of her car with her head slightly to the side. Her feet were tucked behind her and not on the gas or brake pedals, which you would normally see. Yeah. Her purse had not tipped over and was sitting upright on the seat. And there were two soda cups that had not spilled over on the floorboard. There was minimal blood, just behind her head on the headrest and bruising to her neck, which immediately was noticed. And the police thought, this seems like strangulation. And the damage to the car was so minimal that they're like, this car was just rolled down into this ditch. And then Kathy was placed there to make it look like that's how she died. But this is a cover-up.
0: Listen, that's not a bad plan. But knock, spill the sodas. Knock over the purse.
1: I mean, just when I slam on the brakes for the... I do that all the time. And my purse goes flying. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a small town, and both Kathy and Steve grew up there. So it is suspected that the police detective knew them. The police detective actually headed straight over to Kathy's house at approximately six o'clock in the morning, and Steve answers the door. In the police report, it is said that Steve answered the door in his boxer shorts and immediately said Kathy wasn't there while looking down the road in the direction that Kathy was found. Okay. Basically, he's like, Kathy's not here. They didn't even talk about Kathy yet. Right? Right. Then Steve... Steve was asked to turn on the lights in his house, which he refused to do so. And the cops were there for about 20 minutes, and they, he never turned on his lights. So with their flashlights, they witnessed Steve going in and out of sorrow, throwing himself on the couch crying, and then acting normal, which they also noted no tears actually fell from his face. He also never asked to see Kathy or go to the scene of the crime. He did start making phone calls to the family to let them know what happened and suggested that Kathy drove her car into a ditch and killed herself. This is also another thing that Steve did that is alarming as the police had already told him they thought it was a murder cover up and she didn't die in the car. So back in the crime scene. Yeah. So that doesn't make any sense because normally you would just be like, I don't know. There was some kind of accident. It looks like she's dead. You're pissed. You're upset. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Right. So back at the crime scene, the investigators were taking pictures and getting Kathy picked up in an ambulance. Well, turns out the camera that the investigators were taking pictures with did not have film in it. Oh, Lord. We're back at film. That's (laughs) a problem. That is a problem. By the way, we went snooba diving in Hawaii. Yeah. And the guy was like, oh, don't worry about bringing your underwater camera because I'm going to take all the pictures of you and your family. And guess what? Didn't work. Didn't work. I've had that experience before. Yeah. What a bummer. Real drag. So this also happened with Kathy's investigation. No photos of the crime scene. Kathy was also taken for an autopsy, which authorities had to ask Steve if it was okay to perform. And Steve immediately says no. He doesn't want anybody cutting on his wife's body. Red flag. Kathy's father, James Fulton, on the other hand, insisted that they do good, an autopsy. Good. I know. So during the autopsy, they confirmed that Kathy had recently had sex with a man that had had a vasectomy. How can they tell that? I guess because there's no. Oh, because the sperm semen are or... like.
0: Now sperm. we're going to sound dumb. Sorry.
1: Sper- Spermatozoe was not the spermazoa was not there. <laughs> There's stuff, but there's just not little- a oh, right. Little babies. Okay. 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 So had he had a vasectomy? He did. Oh. Steve, guilty. a couple well, months before. Oh, could they not link up the DNA? So in 1991, they did have DNA, but at the time it wasn't as reliable or prevalent. And this is a real small city that probably didn't have a lot of murders. Right. Sure. Or use of DNA, you know? So they also said she was strangled, had a broken nose, and they thought the perpetrator was left-handed because it seemed as if she was strangled with a left hand. Kathy also was lacking any jewelry she had on from when she went out. She had no makeup on and inside her clothes was a bit of transfer blood leading the investigators to believe that Kathy was murdered and then redressed. Interesting. She was dressed in the same clothes that she went out with, but did not have her socks on or jewelry, watch, wedding ring, makeup. Steve had told the investigators that she was wearing her wedding ring when she left for the night. And everyone who knew Kathy said she would never leave the house without makeup. Her sister has claimed that Basically, what she would do is she would come home, wash her face right before bed. And that's the only time that she would not be wearing makeup. Just
0: like Dolly Parton. Oh, yeah. Dolly Parton is always afraid that there's going to be an earthquake or (laughs) something's (laughs) going to happen or, you know, her tour bus when she's on tour is going to get in a wreck or something. So she only takes her makeup off in between washing her face. A little fun dolly fact. For you. Does
1: she go to sleep in her makeup?
0: Yeah. So she goes to sleep in it in case something happens in the middle of the night. You never know.
1: Oh, no when you're way. Have to
0: snatch a wig off the shelf and talk to the press. So she always has her makeup
1: and a wig by her bedside. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Well, while the autopsy was being performed, people started gathering at Kathy's house. The girls had woken up and the family was consoling one another. Steve now started making weird remarks and acting a little suspicious. Not that he wasn't suspicious before, but, you know, even more. Steve told people that he had had sex with Kathy in the living room on the floor before she went out that night. He also stated that he didn't want the cops to come in the house because they would try to frame him because there was a little blood on the carpet from Kathy shaving her legs in the living room. This happens to be the same place that they had sex. Yeah. Okay? Okay. Accounts from Kathy's family stated that Steve was doing laundry in the morning. She was murdered. And within a day or two, he was steam cleaning the carpet due to a fish oil spill that he had had. The fish oil spill just also happened to be right around the same spot as the blood and sex.
0: And how did he spill the fish oil? What he takes a lot of supplements, he's a real nutritional guy.
1: No, supposedly he was frying some fish, had some oil in oh, a jar, like a mayonnaise jar. Okay. okay, the jar had fallen out of his hand when he was taking it outside, and the cap opened up and spilled right in that same spot that he had sex and shaved legs. Right, coincidence, coincidence, so weird. Kathy's dad had stated that as soon as he saw the carpets being cleaned, was the moment that he knew Steve was most likely Kathy's murderer. Crazy. As I dug into the case here and read all the witness statements, it is very clear that we have Steve's family on Steve's side and Kathy's family pitted against Steve. Most of Steve's family said that they never saw laundry being done, never heard the washer or the dryer. And they did witness the jar of oil being spilled. Now, let me just tell you, there were two ways out to like the trash can. One through a side door through the kitchen where it was like only no linoleum. And then another really weird, awkward way if he was to walk through the living room and spill the oil on the carpet. Okay. okay. Just a side note on that. Kathy's family say that they all saw laundry being done and did not see any oil spills, but did witness fans being placed around to dry out the carpet. Another fact that is questionable is Steve actually called Charlotte around 5:30 to six o'clock in the morning, asking Charlotte, if she knew where Kathy was, Charlotte had covered for Kathy telling him that they were together, but she left around 2.00 AM at that point he tells Charlotte, well, she never came home. And this is before the cops showed up to his house. Okay. Oh yeah. And Charlotte at that point calls the hotel where she knows Kathy is and says, nobody answered the hotel room. Okay. So. After digging so deep in this case, it is mystery to me why mystery man still remains a mystery. I found only one report that this guy's name was Tom, but no last name. Well, how does her good friend Charlotte not know who this guy is? She probably does. Well, how come he hasn't? The only thing that we can't find the name of Tom is because in the media and all reports, it's not there. They do know who. They know who he is. Tom. They do know who he is. Air quotes, Tom is. I just don't know who Tom is, and I have done lots of digging. Well, it was
0: 1991. It's hard to dig up shit on people back then.
1: Yeah. So supposedly, Tom cooperated with the police, took a lie detector test, and was cleared of any involvement. The rumor on the streets is that mystery man Tom was either a high-profile political guy or a lawyer and had some pull in the town to make sure that his name was never known. Because he, too, was also married. Oh, yeah. Which is also why they would be in a hotel room getting it on and not at his house.
0: Oh, this is very like Gary Condon, Chandra Levy. Yeah, right? Like he was planning on just having an affair, didn't think that affair might go disappearing. And even though you don't have
1: anything to do with it. Yes, exactly. It's all going to get dragged out into the light. Yeah, but this guy had some pull because I can't find his freaking name. Oh yeah, yeah. Not even on those crazy, you know, forums, th- threads, and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, I read so many people that knew somebody in this case or was a relative. And I mean, I went, I went real deep. So it does give me question: Who was his wife? Yeah, could she have known, found out, wanted Kathy dead? I actually don't believe this to be true, but I would like to see reports that investigators did everything they could to like rule that out. It is also possible that they did rule it out, but it's an open case, so we don't we don't have any. okay, but we think Steve did it, right? I think so. Yeah. So what is Steve, so it's Steve's defense. Let's get back to what we got here. Okay, okay. We have Kathy dead and murdered. She has semen inside of her from a man that has a vasectomy, which Steve had, okay. And by the way, Mystery Man Tom did not have a vasectomy. Oh, interesting. Steve claims that they had consensual sex, which would explain any confusion. Next, we have Steve being a weirdo, Mm -hmm. not turning on the lights, cleaning his house, carpet, clothes. And by the way, he didn't even live there, so why is he doing laundry? Oh, totally. Not letting... what man does laundry... Anyways, a house he doesn't live in yeah. Let alone <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Then Steve starts making comments about how Kathy was probably high on cocaine and ran her car into a ditch. And so it's like he's not acting like this, yeah, distraught, yeah, husband, yeah, okay. or you know, mother, uh, husband, and the mother of the kids. You know, he's just he's acting like a, a weirdo, yeah. We have mystery man Tom cleared after the lie detector test and Steve refusing to take a lie detector test. Now back to the police investigation. Basically, it was fucked. The police botched the entire thing. And for whatever reason, they didn't look into things that they should have. For instance, Kathy's house. Get a search warrant. Search the house. Number one. No, didn't do this. Didn't do this for years. Years and years, like 10 years later, they go and search the house and like put luminol and try to see and everything came up inconclusive. But dude, it's been years. years. Yeah. This made Kathy's father, James Fulton, irate and feel that basically Vider police and Steve were in cahoots for covering up Kathy's murder. A few odd things happened right around the time of Kathy's funeral. Steve's friend, Roger Howell, seemed real interested in Steve and Kathy and what happened to her. Roger actually showed up a lot, bringing things to the house. And at one point he brought some reports, say he brought this big manila envelope that sounded like clinking metal in it, like maybe her jewelry. And he says, nope, I brought a bag of candy over. He also wanted to view Kathy's body alone. By himself, which Kathy's brother was too worded out by, so he didn't let him. He did, however, go and see her. And according to Kathy's brother, Roger touched Kathy and then made a sketch of her at the viewing. Roger has since denied making any type of sketch. That's... I don't even understand why you would do that. I don't either. So something about Roger really doesn't sit with me well. But we don't really know anything more. So when Kathy's parents figured out that the police were not going to make any arrests and the case was just going to go unsolved, Kathy's dad, James, started putting up signs on his property that faced the I-10 in Viter. The first three signs read, and I'll put this on our Instagram so you could see it. It read, Viter police botched up this case waiting for a confession and this could happen to you. James also put a cross at the end of the street that Kathy lived on and flowers. You know how they do when people die. At this time, Steve seemed real annoyed by these signs, which would eventually turn into billboards. He could not stand the fact that they were up there and that Kathy's entire family accused him of killing their daughter. But James was not going to go away silently. So, what now? And by now, I mean 1991. Yeah. Well, Kathy's daughters were young and I'm sure fully didn't understand the tragedy that had occurred, especially the youngest daughter, Monica, being six, you know? In the beginning of living without their mother, they lived with their father, had little contact with the maternal grandparents, which is really no surprise because they're right. basically saying their dad killed yeah. the mom. And they had to drive past these signs that were posted about their mother day after day and pass the cross that was erected for their mom. And this did not fare well in the end for these two girls. They ended up resenting their grandparents for these signs. Steve also seemed like he couldn't handle the scrutiny of being accused, called down on billboards, and probably always looked at as a murderer. He said that these ever-changing billboards ruined his life. Steve hated the Fultons, which are the parents of Kathy. Yeah. And the girls began to hate them as well. Steve actually was caught on camera kicking flowers off of Kathy's grave. And (sighs) he defends his actions saying he couldn't stand what James and Dorothy, Kathy's mom, were doing to him. This is the second case we did where somebody like desecrates the grave. The grave. Yeah, I know. I
0: remember, I mean, I'm not like 100% about this, but I mean, it's the same kind of thing with OJ's kids. You know? Yes. Yeah. You know, They resent Nicole Brown Simpson's sister, Denise, I think her name yeah. is, has like become a big spokesperson for domestic abuse or whatever. And it's pretty clear he abused her. I mean, we have all the photos and everything that she left and the safety deposit box and stuff. Yeah. And his kids don't have a relationship
1: with her. I'm pretty sure. Because well, they resent the fact that she's calling him out. Yeah. I think it's really hard for kids to understand, especially when they're just that young. They can't like well, wrap their you head around it. a real tough it. position because what are you supposed to do? Just swallow it that this person murdered your loved one? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you do. I don't know. So he eventually, Steve, moved him and the girls a couple years later to Huntsville, Alabama. And he dumped his girls on his, parent, his parents, their grandparents, and then eventually his sister and lost total contact with his daughters. Bananas. Mm-hmm. So when I said at the beginning that sometimes the people that are living are the true victims, this is where this comes in. Yeah. Aaron and Monica are truly the ultimate victims in this case beyond their mother. Of course, she's the initial victim, but while researching this case, I came across a blog that Erin has written from 2012 until 2019. I've read the entire blog and my heart really hurts for her. In 2011, the youngest daughter overdosed and died at the age of 27. Oh my gosh. And it is noted in Erin's blog that Monica was daddy's girl after her mother died and believed him. Which also makes me sad that then he deserted her. Yeah. You know, like what a fucker. Erin has a lot of memories of the time her mother died and the things that happened. She recalls the fish oil spilling and the carpets being cleaned. She also has memories of her mother shaving her legs in the living room with a cup of water and lotion it's not noted that she ever like saw her mom cut herself, but she says she saved her legs there. She resents her grandfather and her father. She thinks James Fulton is a stubborn man that aided in abuse of their family and the life that she was dealt. She mentions that James and Steve both had some skeletons in their closet regarding abuse to Kathy. She doesn't elaborate, though, on what she means by that, and I can't find Anywhere else that James abused Kathy. She claims that the Fultons didn't care about Kathy until after she died. She's bitter and she's real frustrated.
0: Well, it's interesting, right? Because I know just even with my own kids, I look at, we have the luxury of everything being like digital now or whatever. And there are things I wouldn't remember, except we have so many pictures, you know, they come back up on our Facebook timelines or yeah. like whatever. And then I have a, re- I have a memory of it. And I wonder about things like that for my childhood too. If it's, I only remember things because someone has told me about it so many times. It's like a family, it's a family story. And there is a picture of you know, something or whatever. Is that the reason why she has this specific memory? Because why would you remember
1: something like that? Yeah. I thought that also. And you just never know. Kyla says she remembers her dad putting on her, putting him on his shoulders and like picking oranges, but we have a picture of it. And she was one years old. Yeah. She doesn't remember it. Right. You know, but... I can see her side of the story. And I kind of agree that if her sister and her didn't want the billboards to be up and see about their mom's murder every single day, that they shouldn't have to. Yeah. But I also, as a parent, would be as aggro as James. And I would think, you know, Aaron and Monica would understand eventually. Yeah but unfortunately that never happened. It seems as if Erin does believe that her dad is the one that murdered her mother, but at this point she says it wouldn't change anything for her if the case were to be solved. She wouldn't talk to the Fultons and still doesn't want anything to do with them. So as far as it any conclusion at this point, there is only a civil case that the Fultons brought on against Steve is and that's basically where I got a lot of this information. I read all the case files on that. Yeah, um, they sued him, and eventually they won. I think it it took a while, but the Fultons ended up winning, and it was clear that the jury just didn't believe Steve's, you know, cockamamie story. Yeah. In more recent years, our badass babe Kelly Siegler. Oh, featured this case on cold justice and recreated the scene and did a lot of digging and tried to get justice in the case. By the way, I cannot find, I look, I mean, I did so much digging on how to watch that episode, but it is, it is MIA. Like they pulled it from everything. Also, it was on unsolved mysteries pulled that also. And I think it's maybe because there's a new, um, a new investigator, head investigator, inviter, and he is really trying to look into Do this it. case again. So, I—that's I, I, the only reason that I can think that they would say, "Let's just take oh, everything yeah, down." they don't want to take those episodes down because they're making the money. Mm-hmm. This case also got a lot of attention when a movie called Three Billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri came out. The director of the movie said he was inspired 20 years ago while driving through Vider, Texas and saw the billboards. The story is somewhat similar, but not really. I watched the movie on the plane home from Hawaii because I thought I should since I'm doing this case, but it's not the case at all. Yeah. It's just, you know they usually aren't that similar. No, they're not. It's not that similar. So, just like I said, oh, the the new police chief, he's he's in there and I think that it would take DNA to really probably solve the case. Yeah. Um and I think that everything that they had is not there anymore. Like I don't think they saved anything in her case. Yeah. So it would be just circumstantial. And I just am not sure that the DA or the grand jury would have enough evidence to convict Steve at this point. So it remains cold. Balls, Tab. I know. Is that a sad case? Yeah. It is. It is, but it is. I mean, it is, of course. But I think we know who did it.
0: That's what people always want us to like go after, though. All these listeners write us. They want us to go after these cold cases.
1: I know, because I think everybody wants them solved. Yeah, well, we're not detectives. But listen, I think I am. I think Steve is the one. Yeah, yeah. This is what my opinion is. We can't get you justice. You want me to tell you what my opinion is? Yeah. Okay. And I think that she said, hey, I want to go to Charlotte's house real quick for braiding her hair or something, right? Yeah. Steve's like, okay, I'll come over for a couple hours. That's why she said, hey, Charlotte, cover for me till 12 o'clock. Well, she didn't end up leaving her mystery man's hotel room until 2 30. But Steve was like, what the fuck? Calls Charlotte, hangs up, finds another phone number of a hotel, which is noted in a couple places, calls this phone number, gets a hotel, and is like, Oh shit. She's not with Charlotte. She's at this hotel. Maybe even drives to the hotel, sees her car. Yeah. Comes back. Kathy comes home, gets ready for bed, takes off her makeup. And Steve's like, what the fuck? You're having an affair. This is why you're leaving me. Gets real pissed, kills her, has sex with her or has sex with her and then kills her, rapes her, whatever. And then it's like, what am I going to do? Takes her down and tries to recreate this, like that she got in a car accident. The one thing Kathy's family's like, oh, he might be left-handed. I've seen him sign a check with his left hand, this and that. He really wasn't left-handed, but she has a broken nose. He could be like hitting her with his right hand, which is what he would be doing and holding her down with his left. That's what I think. That's why his left hand was the one that strangled her while his right hand was punching her. Right. So see, I am a detective. Oh, right you are, Tab. (laughs) That's my opinion. Okay. For now, that's just all alleged. All alleged. That's very important, alleged. Yeah. So real quick, I just want to clear something up. Oh, for Christ's sakes. I said about taking somebody to Africa to show them what life is really like. And I want to be real clear that- That's not exactly what you said, Tab. Okay, what did I say? You said
0: you were talking about ungrateful teens and you said, I don't know, somewhere like Africa or any other
1: third world country. Okay, yeah. So there's two Which, things. Which not that Africa is a country. Africa is not a country. It's a continent. And what I was meaning was maybe do like a Habitat for Humanity trip, Something- you No, know, we
0: all get, all us normal people get what you were saying. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, let's hope that you had no ill intention. It was not like that. Listen, we're just riffing. We're off the cuff. Has yeah. no one ever said anything that sounded kind of dumb? I mean, I thought it sounded kind of dumb that you said another country like Africa. I, I didn't say- like, I was like, Africa is not a country
1: tag. Okay. Have. So That's I- That's going to re- sound kind of dumb. I re-listened to that and I didn't say that. I said, have them take her to Africa or- some other third world country. Okay, but it sounds like you're saying it. it does say, I know. Okay. So all of that, I mean, I Listen, do- Listen, we're not perfect. No, we're not perfect, but I did offend somebody and they're not listening anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling everybody else, but I do love Africa. I think there are really great places, but- Of course. There's places in every single country, city Listen, that- Listen, there's plenty of places here. right. You that's could take right. kids- where that's they can right. learn to appreciate the life that they live here in Los Angeles, yes, that's true. And I just think like doing a project a service trip would be beneficial for some all of people. us should do that. I agree that I would agree with that too, yeah, and I plan to do that with my children also, so that's what I was meaning. I wasn't saying that any place is not a place to go to, And I went on my honeymoon in Africa, so I truly do love it. Also, we got some f- good reviews. Let's shout them out. Okay. KZ12. She's obsessed. Awesome. Thanks, KZ. Tara Patrick. I love them. She found our podcast. Thank you. Dever Lover. Ooh, Dever Lover. She says that we're entertaining. That's nice. Love these ladies. Human Pinkie Pie. That's a really cute name. Oh, where's the one that we got where he said uh, he didn't want to take away his man card? I don't know. Skylar, she says, love them. Oh, Doc Scott, 999. He says, one of the best true crime podcasts. Both hosts are funny as well as able to tell a story. Do I have to that's give up my top, man card? That's our favorite review of the minute. <laughs> it is. You do not have to give away your man card, Doc Scott. No, you can we need totally listen. Kay Young, love these ladies. Wendy Wu, Topeka Kathy. Triggy Rose. Sorry, guys, these names are really hard. Uh, Lindsay D38. I think that's it. That's it. I right know. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Thanks for reviewing. Please review us if you have not already. And we prefer five stars, obviously. But, you know, <laughs> if you want to give us a four star, email us housewives of true crime at gmail.com. And Tell we'll us what kiss, we're doing we'll wrong.
0: Kiss your ass. <laughs>
1: And change your mind. Oh, we're going to CrimeCon. So if you want to come and <gasps> see us officially, there. Officially, officially, we are going to Crime <laughs> Con. It's then. definitely official. We are going to Crime Con. You can come see us there. We'll hang out with you. We promise. You don't even have to buy a ticket to CrimeCon. No, we'll just hang out with we'll you. We'll just hang out at the bar. Just DM with us. <laughs> yeah. So... It's in Orlando if you want to have a little trip with your family or with yourself, but maybe just yourself. Maybe just just leave your family at home. Because where we're going to be hanging out is going to be a bar. That's true. Okay. (laughs) Somebody asked us if we're alcoholics on one of our Instagram posts. I'm like, no.
0: I don't know, but I feel like there's something
1: witty you could say like, like, no, alcoholics are quitters or something (laughs) like that, you know? (laughs) No, we're not. I mean, we like to have a cocktail here and there, but, you know. No,
0: we drink socially.
1: We're social drinkers. Okay. We drink coffee a lot. What are you talking about? That's true. We do. We're coffee addicts. <laughs> yeah. Clink, clink, guys. Clink, clink. So, Gretch, there's a couple podcasts that we had checked out that we wanted to recommend this week. And, yeah. yeah They're super different than ours. So, if you guys like a little bit darker podcasts, which a lot of people do, sometimes it's fun to go down a dark rabbit hole. Listen, we've done it. We have. So, here's a few of them West Side Fairy Tales. Totally. It's not a fairy tale. You think? Not like uh, Snow White. Yeah, consider yourself warned. True Crime Fan Club. Yeah. Obscura. Yeah. And the Apex and the Abyss. So yeah. Check them all out. Check them out. See if you guys like them. If you do, awesome. Cool. That's it. Clink, clink. Clink, clink.